105.5 KULTLP. Everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on 94.5 KULT LP. Everything you and I, I am your host with the most, Logan Blackman. And if you are in a toot, or are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If you are a, I don't know, I don't know what word I'm looking for. If you can read, you would have known that I tweeted out, that said, I had a tweet <laughs> that got sent out. I'm struggling. I am struggling right now. I sent out a tweet earlier today saying that the show would be only an hour long. Said on Friday, show would only be an hour long. Had an interview to do for one of my classes. So got the interview done. It was at 12.15 was the interview. And so now we're here. Got done. We're here. It's only going to be an hour show, one to two today. I hate hour-long shows. I, I've never been good at doing an hour-long show. I had one. For a sh- I don't even think I've ever had a one-hour show before. I think every show I've done on the radio has been two hours long. I don't think I've ever done a one-hour show. I've made one-hour videos before, but everything else I've done in regards to radio and stuff like that has been two hours long. Whether it's been once a week, twice a week, three times a week, it's always been two hours. So this will be an adjustment. We'll have to be moving fast because I like to over-explain things a lot. But yes, only an hour-long show today. Friday, we did NFL Mock Draft 2.0. I posted a video on YouTube with just the audio from that episode of Logan Blackman, Hour 2 of the Logan Blackman Show, where we did Mock Draft 2.0. So you can go listen to that if you want to, or you can just go listen to a sound, the Spotify account. Go listen to the show there. And yeah, go do that. Go like the video. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I think I, I need to double-check this because I'm not really sure. I think we may have passed the other Logan Blackman on YouTube in subscribers. Yes! We have passed the other Logan Blackman on YouTube in subscribers. 16 subscribers on 16 videos. That loser has 15 on 17 videos. So, we are killing the game right now, everybody. Thank you for subscribing to Logan Blackman Show YouTube channel. We don't really post a lot on there. We post a lot more recently. Post a lot of there during the summer with the U.S. Men's National Team and the Gold Cup and all that stuff. But now we've just been posting stupid skits that are all right. And then we had a mock draft video come out, or I was planning to have one come out. But then technical difficulties took place, and so now it's just the audio from the radio show. But still, mock draft 2.0 video is probably going to be the same length anyways, but this one's just not entertaining to watch. It's just audio with a cute little graphic that I made on on Snapchat like an hour before I posted the video. <laughs> so there's that. So yeah, we're here. We're live at show number 53 of the Logan Blackman Show Senior Year Edition. And show 53 is a 53 is a, a is a big number in my lifetime. Some of you be listening and like, "Oh, I don't know why is 53 such a big number, Logan?" No one cares about number 53. Exactly. No one cares about number 53. That was my seventh grade football number. I don't know. I hated every second 
wearing that stupid number. So backstory, when I was younger, fifth and sixth grade, I played running back. I wanted to be like LaDainian Tomlinson. So I was a big-time running back. I was the fastest kid. I was one of the fastest kids in our grade. So I was like, yeah, I'm running back. You get to touch the ball all the time. And like in JYF, it is strictly running the ball. There is zero passing game, and if there are, it is very few and far between. So the running back touches the ball all game. That's the entire game plan is just handed off to the running back. So I was like, I want to be running back. Noah Hughes was the fullback for my running back days, and it's Noah's birthday today, so happy birthday, Noah, if you are listening to this. But yeah, it was fun. And then seventh grade comes around, school ball. We're done with JYF, now we're into school ball. School ball is a whole different animal. We're playing other schools now. We're not playing just Johnston schools. Or Johnston, yeah, just John, not Johnston schools anymore. We're playing everybody. It's not fifth and sixth grade. We're playing big seventh graders now. So I run out. I'm out there for running back. Coach goes, what do we want to run? I said, we could do a halfback pass. Like, sick. Let's run it. Throw it. Uh, don't complete it. I overshoot uh, my friend Caleb on the pass. But that was just to show off the cannon a little bit. Not really trying to be accurate, but just trying to show off a little bit, if you know what I'm saying. So next day, I get off the bus. Very next day, I get off the bus. And one of my friends runs up to me and says, congratulations, Logan. Uh, why, why are you congratulating me? Well, you just got moved to quarterback. Well, I didn't hear anything about that. But apparently I did. So when I was younger, I wanted to be a quarterback. Then once JYF started, running backs touched the ball all the time. So I was like, yeah, running backs, cooler. And then I moved back to quarterback at seventh grade. I am the shortest quarterback by far. Like, if you look at me now, I was probably up to my waist tall back then. I was tiny. You looked at the other quarterbacks at the time, they're pretty close to the heights they are now. So it was really disheartening (laughs) to play quarterback back then for a young Logan Blackman. So I get to play quarterback, and then we're getting our numbers chosen. So my number back then was number 11. That was my birth month and birthday, November 11th. So 11-11. So that was just the day I was going to, the number I was going to choose. So I asked for number 11. Like, yeah, yeah. And they actually even said before I even asked for it, before they asked what number you want, I said 11. I heard the guy behind him say, let's give him 11. They look for number 11. They can't find it. So number 11's not there, even though they said, Logan, you get number 11. Well, number 11's not there. Where's number 11? Oh, across the friggin' hallway on the gold team, or purple team. I was Wait, which team was I on? I was on gold team. Purple team down the other side of the hallway is getting their jerseys out. And one of my good friends gets number 11, conveniently. So what's the next best option for Logan? 53. <laughs> so, so I'm this tiny little quarterback with the most scrub-looking number for an at, like a quote-unquote athlete you could choose. Number 53. Seventh grade was miserable. I hated that jersey. I loathed that jersey. I hated everything about number 53. Number 53 was a terrible number for a quarterback, and I was already didn't, didn't help the fact that I was three feet tall and couldn't see over the line of scrimmage. That wasn't a very big helping point in that aspect either. Fantastic stuff there. Hated that number. And then eventually got taller, started moving my way up the ranks, then everybody else knows the story. But that seventh grade year sucked. I hated 
seventh grade football for that reason. Number 53, it didn't help. I broke my ribs too that year in practice. So that was also very, very fun. Broke my ribs were number 53. Couldn't see over the line. Yeah, terrible year. Hated everything about seventh grade. Also, big thing today, uh, it's Clint Dempsey's birthday today. Clint Dempsey is my soccer hero, my favorite soccer player of all time. The two of them are Clint Dempsey and Wayne Rooney. Also thrown into that mix, David Beckham. Those are my three favorite soccer players of all time. Messi's in there as well. Younger Logan Ronaldo's in there. But, man, Clint Dempsey, for a young U.S. men's national team fan, was the best he played when he first started off. A lot of you don't remember this. He played on the wing. Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey were the wingers, and Josie Altador. And I don't understand how this man ever got an international call up, but Robbie Finley was the other striker. So you had Dempsey and Donovan on the wings. Robbie Finley and Josie Altador up top. Robbie Finley is one of the worst strikers I've ever watched in my entire life. But Clint Dempsey, playing on the left wing, would score goals for fun. Scored the goal against England in the 2010 World Cup. Thank you, Rob Green, for that. But Clint Dempsey, what a dude. He's the reason I wore number – so we talked about how I always wanted 11 for football. After that year – actually, I think I wore number 11 in eighth grade, but after that year I never wore 11 again. I always wore eight for soccer. Eight was my soccer number. Always wore it because of Clint Dempsey. He never wore eight in club level that I remember because he was 23-2. He was mostly number 23 and number two for Fulham, Tottenham, and Seattle Sounders. But in the international international stage, he was number eight. And number eight was my number for soccer. So I wanted number five, but I didn't get it. At first, I wanted number five because Drew Tate was number five. Same thing, same story in football. I wanted number five. One of my best friends took it. It's awesome. But Clint Dempsey was freaking awesome. I recommend go watching some Clint Dempsey highlights. Great captain for the U.S., much, much better captain than Michael Bradley. He's not even really close. Thank you, Klinsman, for stripping the captains, because ever since that point, it's been the downfall of the United States. But, you know, we're not going to point to that. But happy birthday, Clint Dempsey, if he's somehow listening to the Logan Blackman show. That'd be pretty awesome if it was. I doubt it. But congratulations on a great, great career, Clint. Retired last year. And now it is his birthday. So congratulations on your birthday and for the great career. But that's not what we're here to talk about. That was just a little bit of an intro, nice little 13-minute long intro, I guess. But for before we start diving into the college basketball stuff, we got Big 12 and Big 10 wrestling to talk about. Both the tournaments were this weekend with Iowa, unsurprisingly, winning the Big 10 tournament, winning on 157.5 points. Nebraska coming in second with 132, followed by Ohio State, Penn State, and Purdue to round out the top five. Maryland put up a good fight with a good zero points in the tournament. For the Big Ten tournament, we had some individual award winners as well. Spencer Lee dominated as ever. 16-2 victory over David Schroeder. This is why it... Why is he allowed to wrestle people? Just throw him out into the national championship because he just tech falls and plays with people the entire time he wrestles. So it's like, why does Spencer Lee need to do this? He just toys with people. He's mean. <laughs> he's a mean wrestler, but he's he's freaking good. And I remember, if you remember this, dating back to the Iowa-Penn State football game, he got on the microphone and said, Iowa's winning a national championship this year. 
Spencer Lee's doing his part. Iowa winning the Big Ten Championship undefeated this season so far. See if they do it in the national stage as well. Pat Lugo moving on with Iowa wrestlers. Out muscles Sammy Sasso from Penn State. Two to one, or not Penn State, Ohio State, my bad. It was uh, Marinelli that wrestled a Penn State guy. He wrestled Ohio State guy. But yeah, very good match there. Very close match for Lugo, but did hold out in the victory 2-1 to one there. As we said, Marinelli wins there for the Iowa Hawkeyes at 165, 3-2 over Vincenzo Joseph, the number one ranked wrestler in America for 165, and Marinelli bits him 3-2 to two there for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, what, are we, what else we got here going on here? More Iowa. I'm not seeing any other Iowa Hawkeyes on this list. But yeah, we had three Big Ten champions. Iowa wins the team tournament. Again, 157.5 gets them the Big Ten championship. Now they're on focusing on the national championship. The UNI Panthers came third in the Big 12 tournament this past weekend, coming right behind Iowa State, who finished second. Iowa State finished on 116.5 points. You and I finished with 111.5. And Oklahoma State wins the Big 12 Conference, eighth straight Big 12 title for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. For Iowa State, Ian Parker at 141 and David Carr got Big 12 championships. And for you and I, Bryce Steider and Taylor Luan get Big 12 championships. Taylor Luan, the number one ranked wrestler at 184, gets a Big 12 title in fourth place in the tournament. South Dakota State with 94 and North Dakota State with 90.5. And for the – speaking of South Dakota State, if you went to Johnston, or just know this person in general, Henry Pohlmeyer, legendary wrestler at Johnston, qualified for the national tournament. Henry State champion his sophomore year at Johnston, came second his next year at Johnston, just a, a legendary wrestler at Johnston High School. I remember I was at a meet one time because I wrestled my sophomore year. So there was a meet I was at, watched him, lay cradle, pin somebody. And he just, it was so casual. I don't get how anybody that pops through someone's head, like, yeah, I'm going to leg cradle this dude and pin him. Absolutely insane. But congratulations to Henry on making that. Congratulations to all the Iowa, Iowa State and UNI wrestlers. That won individual awards there. Congratulations to Iowa on winning the Big Ten Team Championship. And congratulations to UNI's Coach Schwab, Coach Doug Schwab, winning the Big 12 Coach of the Year. Great stuff there for the UNI Panthers this season. Just a great season to like UNI Panther sports this year. Overall, pretty fun season for everything. The only thing that's the one that's probably been the most exciting out of all of them had the most disappointing finish to a season out of every UNI sporting team. And that is the UNI Panthers men's basketball team. And I think you know where I'm going with this. After we talked about this on Friday, it was literally the whole two-hour show was the UNI-Drake game. So we filled in updates every now and again for UNI-Drake game. Drake winning 77-56 to in an utterly dominating performance from the Drake Bulldogs. You and I pulled it within 10 at half, got it within two once the second half started, 50 to 48, and then Drake just kept the pedal to the metal. And it looked like one of the stereotypical you and I basketball games from this year. You and I 
very often this year would start really slow and then kick it up in the second half and end up blowing out a team or beating a team by like eight points or something like that. It was a pattern. It was like a tradition unlike any other this year. That's what it looked like was going to happen. They got it, They were down by 10 and a half, got it to within two, 50 to 48, and then it just nothing materialized after that. Final score, 77 to 56. So you and I got to 48 points, scored eight more points in the last, like, 10 minutes of the game. Drake went on an 18-0 run or something along those lines, and you and I just could not get anything going. So just a very, very, very tough way to end the season for the UNI Panthers. Other scores going on this weekend. Let's go through the Missouri Valley Conference, Brad. Before we go more in-depthly about the UNI Panthers, Bradley ends up winning the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament this year, beating Valparaiso, of all teams, in the final 80-66. Valpo is winning at halftime 38-36, but Bradley just put it on the second half, scored 44 points in the second half. Javon Freeman, Liberty, who some people could argue was the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year, but if you're on a team that finished 19-16, and 16, you're not going to win the Conference Player of the Year. 24 points for him, 10 rebounds, 1 assist. Daryl Brown, second-team all-conference player for Bradley, legend of Bradley. Feels like he's been there forever. And the game for the Bradley Braves scored 21 points, also had 9 assists in the game. Cannell scored 14. Elijah Child scored 17 for the Bradley Braves. And Henry off the bench scored 16 and had 7 rebounds. Javon Freeman Liberty was the only person to score above eight points in the game for Valparaiso with Clay, Kaiser, and Saki all getting eight points for the Crusaders in the loss to Bradley. So with that being said, looking at my Missouri Valley Conference bracket that I filled out the start of the year, you want to know how little I care about this start of the year? Start of the tournament, you want to know how little I care about this bracket? I wrote my notes for class on the back of this thing. That's how little I care about this bracket. I defaced this bracket because of how bad it was. Now, I did get one thing right. I did not have Loyola in the final, so I had that correct. I almost had Loyola losing to Valparaiso. Thought it would be a close game, and it was. Valparaiso comes out on top over Loyola. Thought Bradley would handle Southern Illinois. They did, and I thought you and I would play much better against Drake, or at least do their trademark second-half comebacks like they have been the entire season, but it just did not happen. So, yeah, out of all the games on this bracket, the two teams I had in the final, I had winning one game. So here, that's what that's what I think of that bracket. Terrible bracket. And we interviewed Kevin Lehman on News Talk 1540 KXDL on Press Row. Uh, and last Thursday, before the tournament started between Drake and uh, Illinois State, asked him who who is going to be the sleeper team of this tournament. I wanted it to be uh, Evansville. I wanted Evansville to win this tournament more than anything. If I could have Evan, well, actually, just one game. I just wanted Evansville to win one game. They came so close. Lost by three points to Valparaiso in the first game of the tournament. First night of the tournament, 55-58. So close. But just couldn't get it done in the end. And, yeah, so we did, when we asked him, he said Illinois State would be a, a sleeper team in there. 
Missouri State as a sixth seed. Now, they're not really surprising to a lot of people that they made it to the semifinals. Now, they handled Indiana State. Like I said on Friday, I'm pretty sure I almost guaranteed that Missouri State would win, and they did. They won by freaking, what, 26 points, 27 points? So it was just a easy prediction there for Missouri State. And the other games, Valpo beat Loyola 74-73. Bradley beat SIU 64-59. to Those games were on Friday. Saturday, Bradley beat Drake by 10, 76-66. And Valpo beat MSU 89-82 to meet Bradley in the final. As I said, 82-66 was the final there. So Bradley's in the tournament. The Bradley Braves are locked into the tournament second straight year they have been in the tournament. They won the Valley Tournament last year over UNI. Had no business of being in the tournament. Neither them or UNI had any business being in the tournament last year. Bradley is a very disturbing team this year. 23-11 was their final record, and they have locked their place into the NCAA tournament. And on, when was it, Friday, Friday night, Joe Lenardi updated his bracket and had UNI as the 68th team in the tournament. Now, for those of you who don't know, there are 68 teams in the tournament. So you and I was the very last team in the tournament. Had a play-in game. I don't remember who they had him against. Had a play-in game as the 11th seed. They had Loyola winning the conference tournament. I did not think Loyola would win it. I was fairly confident in saying Loyola would not win the tournament. But I was pretty confident in saying you and I. I thought it would be you and I, Missouri State. I was fairly confident in saying that. But... Yeah, Drake just played out of their minds. Roman Penn played amazing. And after losing by 27, like a week prior, at home, beats you and I by 21 points. I should have seen that coming. Not the, I should have been more open to the fact that Drake could would beat you and I because they're going to be motivated getting embarrassed on their home court last time those two teams played. But I just didn't. I was just like, you and I is the better team. But Drake was just motivated. They were extremely motivated. Had a game the night before, which some people go, yeah, that made them tired. But you could also make the argument that that helped them in the tournament now they have a game under their belts so they can now move forward in the tournament. That's, I don't know. I just did not see a, a loss. Really, I really didn't see a loss. I didn't even see the 21-point loss didn't even cross my mind. That is an insane loss for the United Panthers. And it basically rules them out of the NCAA tournament, the big boy tournament. Now, they have the NIT tournament locked. If you win the Missouri Valley regular season, you have a locked spot in the NIT. So, you and I fans, we will at least have the Panthers and the NIT. The team throughout their entire season, you watch that team play, you are like, yes, this team deserves to be in the tournament. But then you then you analyze their their record and look at some of the losses they've had their losses are not good losses. Yes, they're not by 10 points or anything, but they lost to Southern Illinois, Illinois State, Indiana State, Loyola, which is, I guess is not a bad loss because they came second in the conference. Uh, who else? West Virginia, and now Drake, while also playing Luther and Cornell during the season. So you're playing two D3 teams, you lost to the second-worst team in the conference who had one road win all season. That came the last week of the year. So you hyper-analyze it. There is probably a 2% chance you and I makes the tournament. Now, 
That is a chance. That is a chance. A 2% chance is still a chance. It's like a dumb and dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes, I am saying there's a chance you and I makes the tournament. That chance, though, is extremely small. It is very unlikely that you and I makes the tournament, but there is still that fading glimmer of hope that you and I could still make it. And looking at Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology, let's make sure he didn't upload one again today. No? Okay. So this is the one from two days ago. Here's what he has in the tournament as of right now, as of March, or so yesterday. I don't know why it says two days ago on ESPN's website. He has Bradley, of course, in the tournament playing Michigan State, a rematch of last year's tournament, 14 versus three seed there. But yeah, I, there's Bradley's locked. Everybody knows that. You and I, it is going to be a stretch if they get in the tournament. Do they deserve it? Yes. I wholeheartedly believe this team deserves to be in the tournament. But based off what is required of them to win the tournament and how little the committee puts on a lower-level conference and their regular season conference title is big. The committee does not care that you and I won the conference. Now, they care that they won it outright. That winning it outright is big. If they tied, there would be a 0% chance to make the tournament. A zero. The fact that they won the conference tournament outright gives them a 2% chance to make the tournament. But they don't hold a lot on these lower-level conferences winning regular season titles. It's all about the postseason tournament, which is kind of unfair to you and I because you're rewarding a team that played good in four days in opposed to four months of play. Both teams won a conference title, but the four and four days thing is going to hold more weight than the four months of play. This would hold a lot more weight if like Valparaiso ended up winning the conference. But the fact that Bradley won it, Bradley won above 20 games this year. So they're not one of those teams that I was like, oh man, they went 17, 17 or 16 and 18 like Valpo or Missouri State or something like that. They're deserving to be in the tournament based off their regular season and the postseason. They didn't win the conference, but they won the postseason tournament, and they won above 20 games. You and I won 25 games. Some would say 23 because the games against Luther and Cornell don't count, which I could see those arguments very, very, very well. But, yeah, it's it's very tough. It's going to be tough. I think they should put more weight on the regular season titles for these lower-level conferences than what they do because it basically makes it irrelevant. It doesn't matter you and I won the conference tournament in the regular se- or won the regular season conference title because they're not going to make the tournament. Why? Because they didn't win the get four. They didn't do well in the four days when they played. They just played one day. They got smacked. Now, if they lost to Drake by like three, I think they would be somewhat fine. It's the fact they lost by twenty-one points that'll make the committee grimace a little bit. Now, you and I, according to Joe Lenardi's bracket, is the next four out. They are the last team. There And they are still receiving votes in the latest top 25 poll. So there's that for you and I, I guess. You and I is receiving four votes votes in the latest top 25 for the AP poll and two in the latest coaches poll. The Iowa Hawkeyes currently rank 25th in both polls. 2011 regular season final for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Kansas, Gonzaga, Dayton, and Florida State are your top four teams in 
the AP and coaches poll, followed by Baylor, San Diego State, Creighton, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Duke, Villanova, Maryland, Oregon, BYU, Louisville, Seton Hall, Virginia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Auburn, Illinois, West Virginia, and Houston are both tied at 22. Butler, then Iowa, that's the AP poll. Coaches poll, top five on. Baylor, San Diego State, Kentucky, Villanova, Creighton at nine, Duke, Maryland, MSU, Oregon, Louisville, Seton Hall, BYU, Auburn, Virginia, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Butler, Illinois, West Virginia, Houston, and then again, Iowa at number 25. Penn State dropped from both polls, and Michigan dropped from the AP top 25 so it's gonna be they're still receiving votes so that's good for a top 25 berth but will that be enough to get them in the field of 68 which i think should only be 64 because i hate that the first four teams are considered a tournament team because they shouldn't be because it's not in the tournament but that's beside the point it's tough it's gonna be tough it's gonna be a nail biter on sunday such as sunday this sunday Will you and I make the tournament? Does you and I deserve to be in the tournament after losing by that much to the Drake Bulldogs? Only time will tell. The Hawkeyes, currently in Joe Lenardi's bracket, are a sixth seed going up against UCLA when played the winner of Duke and Belmont in that one. Your number one seeds in Joe Lenardi's latest bracket are Kansas, Baylor, Gonzaga, and now Dayton. So we have two of the Power Five conferences in Dayton and Baylor, or Kansas and Baylor, and two lower-level conferences in Baylor, or Dayton, geez, Dayton and Gonzaga. Baylor just lost this weekend to West Virginia, so we'll have to see if that affects them overall. Probably not, because the rest of the teams in the top two spots are not really challenging them record-wise. We'll have to see. See if Florida State can push up to a one seed eventually. We'll have to wait and see, though. We'll have to wait and see. So yeah, because you and I deserve to be in the tournament. Are they going to be in the tournament? We will post a poll later. Again, they have the NIT spot locked up, but no one really wants to be in the NIT. Who really wants to go watch NIT basketball? No one does. It's called the not-in tournament for the reason. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. We're going to take a very short break here on the Logan Blackman Show. We'll be back. Talk about you and I women's teams, their big win over Drake. And also look at the Big 12, Big 10 brackets. For the men's college basketball tournaments and to look at the MVC tournament for the women's side. Talk about all of that coming up right after this. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. Open road, here comes the Hefley family. You pack the smartphones, headphones, tablets, water snacks, coolers, sunscreen, bikes, skateboards, games, videos, sunglasses. There's no room for people in here. Just don't wimp out on the most important thing. Deep Deep fried butter on a stick. stick. No, seatbelts. Whether it's a long haul or short trip. It's a win-win situation. Never give up until they buckle up. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. If variety is the spice of life, we must be the best tasting radio station in the Cedar Valley. 94.5 KULT. Everything you and I. (laughs) 
here. Short little break. It is 135 now here in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Here's your, I guess this is technically the first half hour of the show. So here's your first half hour of the show. Reminder, go follow the Logan Blackman Show on all social media accounts. Go look on Twitter at the underscore LB underscore show. Instagram, the Logan Blackman Show on Instagram. Go like the Facebook page. Uh, what other ones do we have? Go follow the Spotify account. Go look at old shows on the SoundCloud account as well. All that and more. Go follow, like, everything you see. No matter what. Speaking of the Logan Blackman Show Twitter account, we posted a poll up there about an hour ago, maybe a little over an hour ago, of the Rams. So the LA Rams released their new logo, I guess you could call it. If I, I guess it's official. I, I guess it's an official logo. And it is atrocious. So if you remember, date yourself back two years when the L.A. Chargers first moved to L.A. From San Diego, moved to L.A. And they released that god-awful logo that looked like the love child between the L.A. Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. That one. Yeah. that. Remember that? Now, the Rams one is probably worse. I hate both these logos. The Rams one is worse than the Chargers one. I would, and that's saying a lot. So I posted a poll on Twitter out of the LA logos, which team's LA logo is worse? The poll right now sits 67% Rams, 33% Chargers. Both logos are horrific. I hate both of these logos. Thankfully for the Chargers one, that one was only a thing for about a day. But yeah, the Rams one, that's been talked about since yesterday, and it's still around, it's still getting talked about. If I was whoever invented that logo, whoever drew up that design needs to get fired because that logo is atrocious. Miserable logo. So we got UNI women's basketball. Got a big-time win over the Drake Bulldogs this past weekend. Big momentum getter going into the Missouri Valley Conference play. UNI beats Drake 91-78 to for the last regular home game. Last regular season game of the regular season. Last, last, last game of the regular season. Last home game of the season, senior night, and you and I pulls off a stunning upset over the second-ranked Bulldogs in the Valley. So that means out of their last four wins, or last three wins, two of them have been the two top three teams in the Valley, being Drake and Bradley. So big-time wins there for the UNI Panthers. Cam Finley, who got put in the starting lineup a few games ago, played 21 minutes and got 28 points. Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Week, Cam Finley, dominating in this game. Four steals, four rebounds, a block. Jeez, dominating game from Cam Finley. 28 points in 21 minutes. Crazy. Carly Rucker played almost the entire game, played 39 minutes, scored 22 points, had four assists and two rebounds in the game. Also had a steal there. Bree Gunnels had 11 points. Megan Moss had nine. And Nicole Kroger had four points rounding out the starting five. So, yeah, just a really good game for the UNI Panthers. 12 steals for the Panthers in this game. Every single one of the starters, minus Bree Gunnels, had a steal in the game. Finley had four. Rucker had one. Megan Moss had three. And Nicole Kroger had three as well. Also had 15 assists in the game, 41 rebounds. Beat Drake in pretty much every single statistical category. That's important. Drake forced Drake 20 turnovers for the Bulldogs. Becca Hittner, one of the best players in the conference, could only do so much, scored 29 points but couldn't get it done. Sarah Ryan scored 19 and had 15 boards as well. 
and Maddie Monin. Monahan had 17 points and four assists for the Bulldogs, but the UNI Panthers forcing 20 turnovers in this game. Huge for the UNI Panthers in this one. Drake shot 40% of the field. UNI shot 48%. Shot 38% for three, while Drake shot 31%. Big time win for UNI Panthers this past Friday. Now they're going into Missouri Valley Conference play, uh, the tournament play. They'll play Illinois State in a four versus five matchup. You and I struggled against Illinois State this year, losing them twice. First time on the road, 57-65. Next one at home in overtime, 69-61. So here is the women's tournament bracket coming up. When is that coming? Starting this Friday for you and I's first game is on Friday. The tournament starts on the 12th. The first game is the 8-9 match between Loyola and Indiana State. 7-8, 7-10 matchup is between Southern Illinois and winless Evansville. Indiana State has two wins in conference play, if I remember correctly. Maybe three. Evansville, zero this season. Indiana State beat UNI 65-63 last time these two teams played in a surprising loss for the Panthers. Looking at the rest of the bracket, the winner of Loyola, Indiana State, played number one seed Missouri State. And the winner of Southern Illinois, Evansville, played the Drake on March 13th, two-seeded Drake. You and I, again, a four-seed play, or five-seed taken on Illinois State. Bradley is the three-seed taken on six-seed Valparaiso. You and I's game is net this upcoming Friday at 2.30. Catch that in Moline, Illinois. If you want to go to the game, it will also be on ESPN+. Plus. If you can't make it out there, the championship game, when you and I makes it, will be on Sunday, March 15th. Big-time tournament here. For the women's team, see if they can do better than the men's team. Now they are riding a lot of good momentum, beating Drake much like the men's team did in the regular season. Men's team beat Drake on the road. You and I beat Drake at home. See if that helps them go into this tournament with a lot of confidence. You and I finishes the regular season 18 and 11, 10 and 8 in conference play, 11 and 2 at home, finishing on a two-game winning streak, 10 year beating Drake and Bradley. In two of their last three wins. Impressive stuff there for the United Panthers winning women's team to close out the regular season. Big time stuff there. Big time victory there. For going back to the men's basketball, don't want to touch on the UI's women's basketball team's win over Drake and who they're matched up with in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. Iowa and Iowa State were both in action this weekend with the Iowa Hawkeyes and Cyclones both losing their respective games. Iowa losing to Illinois. And Iowa State losing to Kansas State. We'll go with Iowa first, losing to Illinois 78 to 76, if my memory serves me right. Yes, 78-76 at Illinois. Iowa, tough game, just couldn't get it done in the end. Tied at halftime, 41-41. Garza, who should be the national player of the year, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks, and 2 assists for the big man. Played all 40 minutes of the game. Joe Toussaint had his best game as an Iowa Hawkeye arguably. 14 points in the game. Played 20 minutes in the game. Connor McCaffrey, 10 points, 8 assists in the game. Also had 5 rebounds. Joe Wieskamp, 7 points. CJ Frederick, 3 points. Off the bench, Bakari Evelyn led the team in scoring with 8 points with Kreiner, Till, and Pemsel all getting 2 points in the game for Illinois. 4 out of their 5 starters in the starting lineup scored above 10 points with Donzumu scoring 17 points, also getting 8 assists. Kofi Coburn, 
14 points, or no, 12 points for him, 8 rebounds. Feliz scored 14 points. I skipped over Feliz. And Nichols scored 10 for the Fighting Illini. Now, Iowa, in the Big Ten tournament, they'll be sitting pretty at, get ready for it, ready for it, as a five seed in the tournament. Yay. So Iowa will play the winner of Minnesota and Northwestern. Iowa handled both teams earlier this season, beating both of them. So it'll be an interesting one, but that game will be on – what day is that game on? It doesn't say the date on there for whatever reason, or maybe it's at the top. March 12th. So this Thursday is when Iowa's next game will be. Big Ten tournament starts this Wednesday. March 11th with the first game being Northwestern and Minnesota, followed by Nebraska and Indiana. So big-time tournament play here. Also on March 12th, here's the rest of the Big Ten tournament. One seed, Wisconsin, wins a share of the Big Ten title tie with Michigan State and Maryland. Michigan State's a two-seed, Maryland a three-seed, and Illinois getting a four-seed, getting a double bye there are those first four seeds. Iowa, again, a five-seed, six-seed, Penn State. Ohio State, a 7 seed. Rutgers, the 8 seed. Michigan, 9. Purdue, 10. And then we already talked about the last th- last four. In- Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern, and Nebraska. Again, Iowa's game is on March 12th. You'll catch that one after the Michigan and Rutgers game. There, see if Iowa can make a nice little run there in the Big Ten tournament. For Iowa State, disappointing season ends in disappointing fashion. Losing to recently... Two wins in conference play, Kansas State. Iowa State beat Kansas State the last time these two teams played, but could not get it done in round two. 79-63 was the final there. Iowa State finishes the regular season with no wins on the road. Not a very fun way, not a very fun season. A lot of Cyclone fans on social media speaking their frustration, some even going as far as saying Pro needs to be fired. Now, we knew going into the season it was going to be a tough one. It was pretty obvious it was going to be tough. I thought at the beginning of the season, Big 12 coaches slighted Iowa State a little bit because they had them finishing around 7th, 8th spot in the Big 12. But, well, I guess they were wrong because they finished ninth. So there's that. But, yeah, the last game of the year, not a good one. 12-19 and 19 is the record, final record for Iowa State, 5-13 and 13 in conference play. In the last game of the year, Solomon Young led the team in scoring with 17 points. Michael Jacobson had 11 rebounds and 9 points in the game. Prentice Nixon had 9 points in the game. Grill had 5 points. Tyree Jackson had 0 with the starting lineups. Terrence Lewis, 11 points for the Cyclones. Also fouled out of the game, though. And for Kansas State, Sneed just absolutely dominated. 31 points for the Kansas State Wildcats for him. Also had 4 rebounds and 4 assists, along with 3 steals and a block. Just an all-around great Great game for Xavier Sneed for Kansas State. Rest of the starters, Diawara had Diara had 14 and McGrill, McGreal, McGreal. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Day. Ten points for him. Yeah, just a disappointing season for the Iowa State Cyclones. Ends in very disappointing fashion. Losing to a bad Kansas State team is not something that you really look for. It's not not a very good time to be an Iowa State Cyclones fan. Very disappointing season. Just ends in disappointing fashion. And hopefully they can right the ship next year. They're going to lose Tyrese Halliburton. I'm sorry, Cyclone fans, to bring it to, bring it to you. He's going to leave. I'm like 99% com- confident that he's going to leave. He's a guaranteed top 10 pick. Guar- pretty much guaranteed top 7 pick. 
in the NBA draft, he's gone. I'm sorry. In Iowa State, you have to look forward to playing Oklahoma State, the 8-9 matchup. Again, we already knew that this was going to happen. This game will take place this Wednesday at 6. Oklahoma State against Iowa State, first game in Big 12 Conference, the Big 12 Conference Tournament. It will be on ESPNU. The rest of the seed stands as follows. One seed, Kansas, will await the winner of Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Number two seed, Baylor, will await the winner of seven seed, TCU, and ten seed, Kansas State. That game will be at eight on ESPN, TCU, and Kansas State. That will be also on Wednesday following Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Three seed is Oklahoma, followed by Texas at the four seed. Texas will be playing five-seeded Texas Tech. And Oklahoma will be taking on six-seeded West Virginia. The second-round games will be taking place on Thursday, March 12th. It's going to be a tough climb for Iowa State, but they've always done good in conference tournaments. It's like their bread and butter. They're always been, they've been good at conference tournaments for a while now. So just do what you've been doing good over those past years and just forget about this season because now everybody's got zero wins. Everyone's zero and zero now. That's what you got to look at it as. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough climb. Just a disappointing overall season for the Iowa State Cyclones. Hopefully they can write the ship for their fans' sake next year. See what changes they make, if any, in the offseason because some fans are going to be clamoring for that. So looking at the scores from across the Big Ten and Big 12, we would say MVC, but we already talked about Missouri Valley Conference. In the Big 12, going back to Saturday, we had number one Kansas beating Texas Tech 66-62. to Baylor falls to West Virginia 76-64. to Big second half from West Virginia, 52 points. Scored by West Virginia. Oklahoma State beats Texas 81-59. Iowa State loses to K-State 79-63. And TCU falls to Oklahoma on a last-second bucket made by Austin Reeves 78-76. Austin Reeves 41 points for the Sooners in the dub over the Horned Frogs of TCU. Going to the Big Ten Conference play. Again, Iowa losing to Illinois on Sunday 78-76. But on Saturday, we had Big Ten action with Penn State losing to Northwestern 80-69 to with Northwestern wearing those disgusting Chicago uniforms, even though they're 40 minutes away from Chicago. But you know what? We'll count it. We'll count it. It'd be like Pella or Ames putting on the skyline of Des Moines as their uniform. That's what. That's cool stuff that you did there at Northwestern. You're not in Chicago, 40 minutes away, so let's throw Chicago on our uniforms. Makes sense. Makes sense. But you got the dub. Over a top 20 team, third Big Ten regular season win this year. Go three wins in conference play this year. Eight and 22 are the Northwestern Wildcats, but big win over Penn State. Wisconsin beats Indiana 60 to 56, and Rutgers beats Purdue on the road 71 to 68. Moving on to Sunday, Maryland beat Michigan 83 to 70. Dominated the first half. Michigan just couldn't come back in the second half. Uh, Michigan State in their last game. With a final game, regular season game of Cassius Winston's illustrious career at Michigan State, finally graduating, finally leaving, scored 27 points, had six assists in the game for the Spartans. 80 to 69 was the final, and the final game for Big Ten play was Minnesota against Nebraska, where they just absolutely smashed Nebraska, seven 107 to 75. Minnesota over Nebraska. What? They scored 52 points in the first half and then followed it up by scoring 55. Usually you'd think teams slow down at that point, but no, they're going to score more points in the second half. Very tough season in Fred Hoiberg's first season as Nebraska head coach, but we expected it. 
Nebraska sucks at basketball, but they're getting Kobe King in because he did not like the direction of Wisconsin's basketball program as they go on to win the Big Ten title. Man, should have probably stayed. Sounds like you're losing out on something great to go play for that 2-18 and team. Good choice, Kobe. I'm all for your decision there. Jeez. So, yeah, that's our talk on college basketball, Ben. we got about eight, nine minutes left in today's show. It's weird doing a show for an hour. I feel like I'm rushing everything, and I hate it. But we got some XFL stuff to talk about. We got power rankings. We got games this past weekend. We had some surprising results, to say the least. Very surprising results. Two of them stick out more than others. Let's go with the games that aren't surprising at all. We had Houston beating up on the Seattle Dragons, 32-23, to still undefeated, still front-runner for MVP. No surprises here. P.J. Walker, 351 yards, three touchdowns in the game. Cam Phillips, 122 yards receiving, two touchdowns for him. Just a typical game for Houston. Walker did throw two picks, but other than that, easy. Were we scared? No, not really. Houston's the best team in the league, got the best quarterback, got the best wide receiver. Easy win for them. B.J. Daniels got the start for Seattle. Went set 14 for 22, 114 yards in the game. Also had 30 yards rushing with two touchdowns for Seattle. Our other game that wasn't very surprising this past weekend was the L.A. Wildcats versus the Tampa Bay Vipers with with L.A. coming out 41-34 to victors over the Vipers. Uh, Josh Johnson, 288 yards passing, four touchdowns, one pick. Yeah, we knew this going in. He's the best quarterback in this league based off talent alone. He's get, he's always the one linked with NFL moves. Right now, P.J. Walker is the MVP. But Josh Johnson, when everything's clicking for Josh Johnson, dude's an absolute baller. Baller is Josh Johnson. Four touchdowns in the game, all going to different wide receivers. Blacknall, McBride, Barnes, and Hampton all got touchdowns for L.A. For Tampa, Taylor Cornelius, 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks. Also had 45 yards rushing and a touchdown. Davion Smith led the Vipers in rushing with 69 yards in the game. 41-40-34 victors are the L.A. Wildcats over the Tampa Bay Vipers. Now we go to our surprising games. Surprising not just because of which team won, but surprising by the result and how much they won by. New York Guardians defeated the Dallas Renegades 30-12. to Now, I know, I know better than anybody out there that Luis Perez is the dude. We said this all last year during the AAF. Luis Perez is the dude. Luis the dude Perez. You don't get a nickname like the dude and not dominate. Luis Perez dominated and has been a spark that New York has needed ever since week two because <laughs> they had a good week one, but that was because Aaron Murray was starting. It's no coincidence that Aaron Murray was the starting quarterback for both the worst team in the AAF and the worst team in the XFL. No coincidence. No coincidence whatsoever. But yeah, New York dominating in this game, 30-12. to Philip Nelson, former AAF guy for the San Diego Fleet, two interceptions in the game, 210 yards, no touchdowns. Not a great game for him. Luis Perez, 229 yards passing with a touchdown there. And Victor led the New York Guardians in rushing with 58 yards. Pearson had the lone receiving touchdown with 95 yards in the game for the Renegades. Or not the Renegades. They lost 
for the Guardians, 30-12 final. And the, my D.C. defenders, after getting absolutely smashed the past two weeks, get a dub against the presumably second-best team in the league at the time, St. Louis Battlehawks. They are a terrible road team in D.C. For some reason, they are good on home. They are an atrocious road team, though. And they made a change at quarterback. Tyree Jackson came in, replacing Cardell Jones, went over two with a pick in the game. Tyree Jackson, 9 for 14, 39 yards, and a touchdown for him. Also had 32 yards rushing in the game. And Presley, 107 yards for the D.C. Defenders running game, which has not been that great all season. Kyrie Lee for the D.C. Defenders got the lone touchdown in the game for Seattle. Tayamu, no touchdowns, no interceptions, no nothing. 174 yards passing, 31 rushing yards. They silenced Tayamu, who was considered the second-best quarterback in the league at the time, behind P.J. Walker. I think Josh Johnson, after being hurt and getting in the flow of things after week two, might have passed him for best quarter, second-best quarterback in the league. Josh Johnson, when he's healthy and everything's clicking, is the most talented quarterback. But this season, P.J. Walker's the best quarterback. Josh Johnson now has passed Tiamu for the second-best quarterback in the league. Just a, a surprising result based off the past two weeks for D.C., losing 25 to nothing and 39-9, to did not have high expectations going into this game. Got a dub. They defended the DMV. They just dominated. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. How bad you can look two weeks in a row and then beat the second best team in the league and completely shut down their offense is amazing to me. Other than week one, St. Louis has scored over 23 points in their last three games. Scored 24, 29, and 23. Now they scored six. Craziness. Absolutely crazy. DC stepped it up after embarrassing themselves the last two weeks. Next week, we got more action. Houston Roughnecks against the New York Guardians is the first game on Saturday. St. Louis be taking on Tampa in that one on the road. That game will be on Saturday as well at four. Dallas Renegades will be going to DC to take on the Defenders at three on Sunday. And the LA Wildcats will be taking on the Seattle Dragons in a West Coast showdown from Seattle. New York Guardians. Won their last two games with Luis the Dude Perez as starting quarterback. So Houston might want to look out a little bit. Keep your keep your head on a swivel for the dude out there. Because the dude abides. And the dude is out for blood. After seeing Marquise, Marquise uh, Williams and Matt McGloin suck at quarterback, the dude comes in and reminds people that he bowled in high school and taught himself to play football through YouTube. Luis the Dude Perez is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Love that guy. Always has a special place in my heart. With that being said, with New York getting their last two wins, let's see if that helped them out in this weekend's, or this week's, week five power rankings for the XFL. Starting off at the bottom, Seattle Dragons still remain at the bottom of the list. Uh, they played well. All of their games have been respectable results, not... They haven't won every game. They've only won one game this year, but they've played well. They've been competitive, which is key. It is very, very key for them to improve on their season as the season goes on. But they're one in four. They just haven't looked good at times. Uh, number seven, Tampa. 
Back to number seven. They were the last team in the league for the longest time till last week. Now, move up to number seven. Uh, they've scored out of Seattle and Tampa. They've scored less touchdowns, but you know what? They played very, very well the past two weeks. They took it to Houston, almost upset Houston, destroyed D.C. So there might be a sleeping giant, maybe. As long as Taylor Cornelius stays the starting quarterback and Aaron Murray stays as far away from starting as possible, they might have a chance of winning things. But right now, seventh place. Number six, this is where it gets tough because now we're getting to a realm of teams that all have the same record. Number six is Dallas. Dallas was number three for a long time. Now, Dallas sits there at 2-3. and three. They scored the second least amount of touchdowns in the league and have not won a single game at home all year. They are the only team that has not won a game at home all year, and they've lost their past two games. So Dallas comes in at 6. L.A. Wildcats coming in at number 5. They've scored the second most touchdowns in the league. They've also allowed 14 touchdowns. They've won one of the game in a row. They are... Two and one at home, and I think they're just going to keep getting hotter. They got one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Josh Johnson. I think if they get more confidence, they can keep on going. So I have them at number five. Number four is New York Guardians with Luis Dude Perez. This team can do anything. Won their last two games after looking dead in the water with Matt McGloin as a starter. Luis comes in, plays well. Now the only thing that is against them right now, and I'm not going to blame this on Luis, is that they've scored the least amount of touchdowns in the league. But that was basically because Matt McGloin was their starting quarterback. And that's what happens when Matt McGloin's your starting quarterback. So, yeah, I have them at number four. Much improved these past two weeks as opposed to the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, number three is St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis just got – they just didn't show up really this weekend. They scored six points after scoring 20 of their last three games. Just didn't do anything. They scored – yeah, just lost this game. So that's the only reason I have them below. Number two, back at number two. The D.C. Defenders, after dropping down like a rock the past two weeks, they're back at number two because if you look at the teams that have the same record as them, they beat both of them in St. Louis and New York. So it would be hard for me to put them below St. Louis, especially since they just beat them. St. Louis, though, arguably is better. That one's very close at number two and three, but there's no debating who's number one. And that's the Houston Roughnecks. They've scored the most touchdowns. They've won the most games. They've lost the least amount of games. They're just the best team in the league. They have the best touchdowns, the best scoring differential in the league, a plus seven touchdown differential. Scored 21 touchdowns this year. Craziness. Crazy, crazy craziness. So that is your week five XFL power rankings. And that is your... Logan Blackman show number 53 done 53rd edition of the Logan Blackman show for senior deer edition is done and dusted that's all we got for you today I'll post a poll a little bit later does you and I deserve to be in the tournament after losing to Drake do we judge it more off their tournament appearance getting blasted by Drake or do we look back at what they did in the regular season post the poll in a little bit so make sure you look out for that if you're listening to it live thank you for listening live you're listening to a podcast thank you for listening to the podcast as well that'll be posted in a little bit so yeah that's all i've got for you today on this monday edition shorter monday edition of the logan blackman show so with that being said i will see you guys at wednesday from 12 to 2 back to our normal time frame as we usually do so that's all i've got see you later have a good rest of your day peace